Hey, bats, kiddos, Joker here, and you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special local band episode of the BCP. We've been doing a lot of wrestling here right now. We are back to the music. I'm so excited to welcome these guys to the show. Um, this is an amalgamation of a lot of all-star bands we've seen in the scene over the years. Um, names like Johnny B. Morbid, Summer's End, Swashbuckle, and many, many more. Guys, please welcome to the show Carmen, Josh, and Kyle, Atomic Werewolf. What's up, guys? How are you? Hey, what's on? up, Rob? Hello, Rob. <clears throat> nice to meet you. Okay. Thanks for having yeah, us. Nice to meet some of you guys for the first time. Carmen, good to see you again. Guys, yeah, uh, you too. foremost, how's uh, how's everyone doing? Everyone staying healthy over there? Trying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> things, are, things are pretty much back to normal for me. Yeah, I'm back That's- at work. I've been back since May, just wearing a lot of uh, masks all the time. Jeez. Yeah, I'm not back to work yet. I haven't been back to my office since March. Wow. You getting that juicy unemployment, though? No, I'm working from home. Oh, okay. True. Yeah. I got you guys. Well, thank you guys so much for a few minutes. Uh, it's an honor to talk to you. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, I was talking to Carmen about this a little bit. And, um, you know, we were kind of talking off air about this a little bit. But I did notice the the album art, which really stood out to me. Um, I remember seeing it years ago. And I really thought it was cool. I may have even reached out to the artist at one point because I liked it so much, uh, if I remember correctly. But tell us a little bit about this um, reboot or origin story or how this band kind of started and why we're seeing it now. Tell us kind of the, the uh, adventure. What is the origin story of the name itself? Do you remember? Uh, I know. I don't remember. Norman's the only one that knows. <laughs> no, but, but Kyle, Kyle, you might have you were probably there, but you don't remember because of what we were doing. Um, this was probably in late. 2007 or or early 2008 yeah um we were a bunch of us were hanging out at our friend matt's house who is in a band called coffin dust currently um and we were just kind of hanging out drinking and we were watching salute your shorts on dvd it was a dvd i'd picked up as you do yeah at a horror convention and um (laughs) So it was like really horrible quality, just bootleg salute your shorts. And we were just like drunk and watching it. And there's this episode where um, it's like Sponge and Donkey Lips enter like some wrestling competition or something. And like the, the winner gets a, a lobster dinner or something. And they're like pitching it to everybody else. And Danny Cooksey, who played Bobby Budnick, Sure. Was just like he kind of makes a comment and he's like, the only time that wrestling is cool is when you dress up like Sergeant Slaughter and body slam the atomic werewolf. And Matt and I had already been talking about doing something collaborative, and we just kind of looked at each other in a in our drunken stupor and we're just like, Why don't we just why don't we just call it that? Why don't we just call the side project Atomic Werewolf? And he's like, All right. <laughs> but this was 12 years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. So fast forward to 2015 when we did the Kickstarter for this. It's kind of, I blame it on Josh because. Right. Josh, me, me too. Me I too. do. I really do. Oh, I mean, man. I, I kind of, I spearheaded everything, but I, I mean, I, the spark was Josh. I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for him bothering me. Um <laughs> I guess he was like going through creative withdrawals. I don't know. And I was like his counselor. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it. But Keep he, going. It's good. He hadn't been in a band for like, I don't know, 10 years. Right, Josh? It was a while. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I want to do something again. Let's do something. And we were just trying to think of a name of what the hell this thing was going to be. And I was like, well, why don't we just. I was like, this is a thing I did 
one time with this other dude. You want to just use that name? And he was okay with it, and no one else really seemed to care. So we just used the same name for, you know, and just kind of kind of brought it back in a way, I guess. Right. Anytime you do something going forward and you just can't think of a name, <laughs> just put everything under Atomic Werewolf. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's great. It just works. It's like... Um, it's like prestige worldwide. It's just nice. whatever, you need, it, whatever mm. you need it to be. Is what yeah, it we, is. Can start, <laughs> we can start screening the rest of the Salute Your Shorts back catalog for other good names yeah, or things. Or, you know, um, if, if you're an other guy's fan, Lendl Global. Wearing Oof. everything. <laughs> it's, that, it's like that. That's pop. Yeah. That's pop is the hardcore band. I love the um, Salute Your Shorts callback. That's awesome. But, um, you know, I just wonder about this, like why, you know, and I'm in a lot of projects, a lot of different bands, drum lines, um, everything. That's, 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 well, I'm no longer associated with that in any way, but Uh, that's, that's a story for another time. I I appreciate, I appreciate the shameless plug. We're all about it here, but yes, um, I will say this, like, you know, you, you guys are no strangers to having success in your different projects. Why do we kind of feel this, um, I wouldn't say urge, but this um, creative process to venture into other things and why pull the trigger on it now? Oh, man. Somebody else want to start this? So when when you have a certain project established, you kind of, the project itself has its own kind of identity, like a genre identity. So you can't play a bunch of like weirdo metal songs under uh, like johnny b morbid heading you need something else for it and it didn't exist yet so we went back and pulled up this um name to get a new project going and the idea was to have a collaboration between a lot of other nj scene bands just from people we knew around to get just something new out there um i like to think of it as the worst collaboration project of all time because there's actually no collaboration at all in any of the songs. Um, everybody was basically tasked with writing one or two songs on their own. And then we came together and just recorded them all. Um, the There's not as much of like a swing in the genres of the, each song on that songs on the album, given that background there it actually does kind of have a cohesive flavor to it somehow but that was the the origin of each of the songs there's no nobody contributed to anyone else's songs besides lyrics and like well, yeah. vocal patterns yeah and, the lyrics the lyrics were 100 coll- i mean i wrote m- my songs mostly but i mean we wrote right. a lot that's we wrote true. a lot together yeah the lyrics the lyrics are studio. collaborative the, the actual songs were totally 100% put together by each like separate person. So it's kind of like a, sli- uh, a pizza pie, right? But each slice is a different one. But it's still a pizza pie. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good analogy, yeah. <laughs> so it's like there's a, there's a slice of mushroom, there's chicken parm, who's, there's... Who's, the meat, who's the meat lover's slice? <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's still it's still a pizza. But um, no, but vocally, vocally, it's oh my god! Like I don't think there's one song that has only one vocalist on it. Oh, maybe no. Josh. Josh oh. would be the only one who did. Uh, one thing. Wolfman's, Wolfman's, Wolfman's got, got ours. ours. Yeah. yeah, but other than that, yeah. every <laughs> single song on the album has multiple vocalists. Mm-hmm. We're like the the Wu the Wu Tang of of thrash. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Um, you guys touched on this a little bit already. Um, you know, and this is such like a cool project. It's an amalgamation of all these different things. Um, tell us a little bit about the writing process. How does this work? Is it someone brings a riff to the table? Is it, you know, you have a lot of vocalists. Does someone bring the lyrics to the table? Um, we, oh. we actually had a hard time, like, hammering out the lyrics towards the end. Oh, um, yeah, it was terrible. That's yeah, what took... They are the worst. That's what took of, the longest. A lot of it came at like in the studio they're just bouncing ideas off of each other and they're like fuck it let's write a song about you know 
uh, Australian werewolf. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, we were yeah. really, really out of ideas. We were like in a drought. Yeah, and we were. I don't know. Somebody, it might have been Pat, uh, who played bass on the album. He said uh, something like Werewolf Dundee. And it's just about an Australian werewolf. And we were just like, well, we have nothing else. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first sure. thing Pat came up with was Kyle's song. Well, yeah, we yeah. Len's, Len's house. He was all like, let's make this about like ancient riffs. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll take yeah, this yeah. one over. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, that was the first set of lyrics that I think were written. He was, I'm not exactly sure why, but he was so excited about that song specifically that he programmed all the drums to it initially. He took it upon himself to do this. He took it upon himself to program all the drums for it and then also write the lyrics and do the vocal patterns for it. Um, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, he was he was a big part of it, uh, and, and I wish I wish he was he were here to uh, to do more things like this. But he's kind of just a I think he's more of like a behind the curtain kind of guy. He doesn't really like like he he didn't want to be in the music video. Uh, he he didn't you know he didn't want to do the interviews and stuff, and and that's fine. I just wish I wish he did because he's he was a big part creatively i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna shortchange him he's a huge part of it i respect that though you know i totally get that like uh you know i'm being behind the kit that's like my office you know yeah. i you know i'm working and all that and you know playing with passion and on the visuals in the show but i actually hate being in front of the camera even though we're st- going to be streaming this like uh you know i had a podcast but this is the way of the world now you know youtube twitch all that good stuff you know you got to be on camera for a lot of that stuff man but sure. I, I get it man. I'm, I'm all about that behind the curtain stuff behind the scenes um that's where a lot of the work goes in so i totally respect that um let's moving forward let's give everyone a little bit of, of a taste here a little bit of this flavor that is atomic werewolf um we're going to feature this music video guys obviously strong language coming ahead for this one um what a great title all your mosh are belong to us obviously kind of a reference to the old nes um throwback there tell us a little bit yeah. about this song and then tell us a little bit about the kind of quarantine style video you guys had um this is one of the tunes that i wrote uh, so I wrote the music for it. I guess I wrote most of the words. Yeah, the idea was uh, the idea. Of the title was was your idea for from a while ago. Oh yeah, dude, that was from uh, well, Rob, uh, Kyle, and I were in a band called Burnt to Ashes when we were in high school, mm-hmm. and we just we would like have these images online. Yeah, it was, it was like cats. Yeah, that's the guy like from the. Or, or like a moose or something. And I don't know. We would just like post weird stuff on our page, and I don't even know what it was at the time. What what was what was around? Pure pure volume, pure volume, and like Ayuma, MySpace, and maybe MySpace. But we we used to have a thing that said like all your mosh are belong to us, and this goes back to like two thousand four. Yes. Yeah, from that original, like one of the first memes of all time, with the uh, yeah the Japanese yeah. translation from that the uh, yep. I don't remember what game it is. I'm trying but... to remember, it's, it's like an R type type game. About the only, like the meme is bigger than the game. It's it's a weird thing like that, but uh, but we adopted it and we would use it. And we changed it to just all your mosh or belong to us. So we were in like a metalcore band and whatever. But we never used it for anything. It was never a song. Mm-hmm. And um, so we brought it back. I don't know. But, it's just like uh, the name. But musically, uh, I'm a huge power metal fan. So I wanted to try and tap into that and make it as uh, melodic as possible and, and, and fast as well. <laughs> Totally. I, I dig it a lot. And, you, you know, you mentioned power metal. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I was really getting into it. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with bands like Power Glove. They do a lot of like the, oh, the yeah. video game metal. It's kind of, oh, so yeah. I, I kind of hint to that. And, and I appreciate it, obviously, with the song title and that tied in. But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's give everyone a little little taste here. A little sneak preview. And guys, check it out right now. Atomic Werewolf, all your mosh are belong to us.
guys that was all your mosh or belong to us by atomic werewolf um and guys you know we touched on this a little bit we talked about the songwriting process i want to talk a little bit about the recording process you guys mentioned uh programming drums do you guys do live drums as well do you guys start with drums bass guitar vocals what's the process like all the drums on the album are are live drums um pat initially programmed the drums for the one song that we were talking about because i um, wasn't able to do it on the demo, so it was just like the guitar riffs at first, and then um, that came later because Paul came down for one session where he basically banged out like ten of the twelve songs on the album. Well, like most, he, I mean, he banged out everything he could physically perform in one day. Right. There were. A just a few little things that were a little out of his wheelhouse and then which led to it being a bigger collaboration than it had intended to be there's actually three drummers on the album but paul uh paul is he's from uh, a band called suburban scum um i don't know if you remember a band called the banner he was in the banner um you know gotham road yeah, he played with like Michael Graves from the Misfits and stuff, and and then the other two drummers on the album, the one dude Eric Eric Brown. Yeah. He's in, what is he in again? He's in like actual like legitimate. He's in. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the band he's in is uh, Vale of Nath. The. Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and also uh, Swashbuckle, but he also did the music for um, a. A game that came out last year called The Messenger, which is like a old school Ninja Gaiden thing that you can buy on like PSN, and it's oh, like a crazy. widely released thing. So and that's awesome. The music then, on it actually rips. He's very very good at that. And then the third drummer, I can't think of his name right now, but he's in a band called Descent. Yeah. With the uh, with the engineer of the album, actually. Yeah. yeah. Len. Yeah, Pat, Pat had those two guys come in and uh, fill in the gaps way towards the end of the of the process after everything else was was already yeah. done. Yeah. Um, so how many sessions overall do you think we had for this? Well, you guys, like ten. Probably. Yeah, it was spaced out. It was probably about what, like twelve, maybe. Yeah. Twelve or thirteen days in there. Yeah, yeah, studio time spaced out by like sometimes like a year in yeah, between. Three, no, really, it was over the course of three years because we mm-hmm. started. First of all, the Kickstarter was in 2015. Then the first session wasn't until 2016. <laughs> and then the last, 
the last session was in like 2019, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and now it's coming out this year. <laughs> what's What's really funny about that is that the music, all of the music, was done very early, like. <laughs> By the beginning, probably, of 2017, <laughs> all of the music was done. Um, yes. And, yeah. and then it took that long to get the lyrics and the vocals together after that. And then mixed. Yeah, and then mixed. And it just, well, it, yeah, it just, I don't know. It, it's like every, I don't know. I don't know why it took so long. I really. I, well, I part of the reason is because we would show up to the, the lyric or like the vocal sessions and be like, Who's got you guys got lyrics for the songs and everybody's like no, <laughs> so, so all of us are just sitting around in the studio like scrambling to like write just whatever nonsense we can think of that makes sense on the, the theme of the band and then just get it down. Remember the one song like uh, the American Werewolf song where Pat just like he was so mad when he did the vocals for that he was like legitimately angry at everybody because we were so disorganized at that point. He just like grabbed the notepad with what was on there and just went in and just yeah busted it out like in one take almost. I remember that. I also remember everybody except for me. Well, not maybe not you guys, but I know Len, who's the engineer, and, and Pat. They wanted to scrap um, uh, the the one guy's song, Justin, um, from Beyond the Flesh. We were gonna scrap his song because I don't know. For whatever reason, some people didn't think it like fit, or it was too. It's very poppy. Yeah, and I was like, just, I was like, just hold on. I was like, I'll take care of it, and I, I, I wrote the lyrics for it the night before the vocal tracking. And you're seeing, you're seeing a theme here with the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to say I saved it. I think I don't know. It sounds like yeah, diet it's good. Kill, it sounds like diet kill switch. It's not that bad. It's it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's a perfect song to be like track number six on the yeah. album. Right in the <laughs> right in the middle there to yeah. fatten it up. Split it up. A little breather. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well you guys, um you guys like I keep saying, you're no stranger to success in this business that at oftentimes can be very, very thankless, let's be honest. Um what's kind of the goals for this project moving forward? Oh man. To bury it. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a good question. What, is, what are the goals for this project going forward? Um, I mean, I would I would do it again, but but if we ever did it again, I would only do digital. I don't ever want to deal with vinyl or CDs or shipping and handling. <laughs> I, don't, I I just and I and I I have to. I'm actually doing that this weekend. I don't know when mm-hmm. this is going to air, so it won't be relevant. But like, I have to lock myself in the basement basically and, and I gotta pack all these things up and make sure I don't fuck up people's orders because Josh is in Pensacola and can't help me <laughs> hey, give me and another Kyle, week I'll be up there and Kyle's reopening the first Toys R Us in Paramus tomorrow so he can't <laughs> help me <laughs> yeah so uh, well the big takeaway I'm getting Toys R Us is back, but um, also, hot, yeah, hot, hot tip. But also, um, guys, let's uh, rewind and throw it back a little bit. You have so many moving pieces, or so many, you know, parts of this recipe that makes this band. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, not to be cliche here, but like the influences that you guys had musically and how you learned to play and all that good stuff. Uh, let's start with Kyle. So, if you want to go way, way back. Um... I've been a fan of, well, I learned to play guitar when I was 12 or 13 years old from my uncle. And uh, very quickly I moved on from like new metal stuff at the time to, I heard um, Yngwie Malmsteen play guitar for the first time. And that just really blew my mind. Like I didn't understand that it was possible to be that good at something. And from there I ended up finding like, Slayer, and then from Slayer, I ended up finding Napalm Death, and that really, that was, Napalm Death was the first, like, extreme, air quotes, uh, air quotes, extreme metal band that I've ever listened to, and that kind of really opened the door to everything that came after it, because mostly I listened to, I listened to a lot of 
death metal, listen to a lot of black metal stuff, um, mostly towards that end. But I also have a really, I listen a lot for people who are, are good at guitar and it kind of bums me out that there's a lot of really catchy, a lot of really great black metal stuff, but nobody plays like lead guitar in any of the those bands. So I feel like there's a void that can be filled in that genre overall. But um, that's just something that I think about in my own head. I don't know if that's ever going to turn into anything, but we'll see. Um, specifically came coming to writing songs for this project, Carmen gave me the, the assignment of writing two songs for it. And I specifically set out for one song to rip off a band called Carnal Forge, which was like an early, uh, <laughs> like early mid 2000s <laughs> Swedish thrash band. Um, and then the second song I specifically sent out to rip off uh, Abbott. That's like the, the guy from Immortal, the black metal band. His style of like solo project with like kind of like black metal wrist, but kind of like a rock and roll, like a galloping feel to it. So that's how I started both of those songs. I had specifically had the idea to rip off the styles of these two different two different groups. And I feel like I did a pretty good job of uh, ripping them yeah, off. Ripping them off. Pretty much, I'd, pretty, I'd say you pretty much nailed exactly what you set out to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Josh, I yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, um, I mean, since Kyle went all the way back, I'll I'll go back to when I first started. But uh, I was in a band called Blood Runs Cold. Um, maybe 2000, 2001. Um, that only lasted a couple years, and then the whole Summer's End thing was supposed to be a side project. Uh, going off of that, because I was going down the Maryland every couple weeks or whatever and that's where those guys were out of so we were gonna do it like an in flames in flamish kind of swedish metal band um that's what it the goal was um but in blood runs cold a lot of that uh influence in that band at that time was uh like hate breed um candaria uh, vision of disorder uh, sick of it all stuff like that is what it started out to be and then it moved into more like a a convergence kind of band uh later on um but yeah and then i after that band more or less uh <clears throat> broke up or just you know went away then summer's end became my full-time thing for like three years after that and then that's pretty much when it stopped after that and I dabbled in other things too, but yeah, um, I, I guess vocally, originally, it was probably um, Vision of Disorder that influenced me screaming-wise. Um, I tried to do the, the Carly from Candaria vocals when I first started, but that fucked my throat up a lot, trying to, mm. like, the raspiness of it. Um so I guess that's really what stuck, and uh, I can't do the yelling as good as Carmen can. Uh, so six of all was out of it, uh, but yeah, things like that. Uh, but yeah, I would say Tim from VOD was probably my biggest original vocalist, screaming wise. Gotcha, man. That's a, that's interesting. And and Carmen, I'll throw it to you, man. A a guy who's been synonymous with the with the scene for years and years and years. I I go to the mall, and you know my friend's dating so and so, or I know Carmen, or yada yada, man. So t tell us how it all began for you, man. That's funny. Um, well, I, well, to Josh, I don't I don't think I'm that great at the hardcore yelling. My dad said I sound like Sam Kinison. <laughs> I mean, isn't that exactly? Cool? Isn't that what you're supposed to be? I mean, that's. I think it's a compliment. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, uh, I started as a drummer, um, long time ago, and I don't know. You probably you're probably familiar with like Santino from Scarlet Carson. Sure. Um, so my first band was was hit was with him. He was really? the singer. I was. Yeah, we were. <laughs> We were called Cultivate the Grave, and um, that was like 2002. That was like my first start when I was like first got my feet wet. Um, you know, I played 
my first real gig at the Pony when I was 15. And we opened for Divinity Destroyed. And and then, like, the year after, I started teaching myself bass. And I played in, like, a pop-punk band. I was playing bass and and doing some vocals here and there. And that's kind of when I started singing. Um, And I, I had done... I had fronted a band as a death metal vocalist before, uh, around that same time. And that was when I kind of started getting versed in, in being like a front man and, and also doing that vocal style. So I kind of, I guess, taught myself to sing mostly. Uh, I taught myself how to play bass and I, I taught myself how to play guitar Um I think I'm okay at everything, but I'm certainly not like a virtuoso at any one thing at all. Like not even close. You know, vocally, I'm I'm somewhere between William Hung and Freddie Mercury. I would say. <laughs> yeah. You know, too. like right yeah. in that sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> but like. Uh, oh my god. But but uh, in, influence wise, uh, I I was. I guess fortunate enough to be raised by two metalheads. So quite literally, my entire life I was surrounded by nothing but metal and hard rock. I mean, mm-hmm. from the time I was, you know, born. Um, Motley Crue, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, Pantera, Exodus, all this stuff, all the time. Um you know, back in the day, Q104.3 was like a hard rock, like metal station, kind of. And my mom would keep that shit on all the time. And she would have these cassette tapes and like we'd listen to like Accept, um, Fabulous Disaster by uh, Exodus. That was another album that was on all the time, Cowboys from Hell. Um, so I, I had no choice but to become a metalhead. You know, it was it was what... It was all I knew. <laughs> that's that's so, actually really interesting because that's basically the exact opposite of my early life. Not only did my parents and no one in my family like metal, <laughs> they didn't even really like enjoy music as a thing to be enjoyed. So wow. as somebody who at this point, music and sound and everything has literally defined every aspect of my life from career to hobbies to this yeah. and that. My, my family is like barely passingly aware of music just as a thing. Like my dad had ZZ Top CD. That was basically it. That's crazy. That's it. That's it. So I don't know how it happens for me. It's weird. First song I heard was a ZZ Top, man. So there you go. Awesome. I mean, ZZ Top rules, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But that's just, that's just the only CD that he had. That's funny. And he like barely didn't even listen to it. I listened to it more than he did. That's so cool. I guess I grew up on like entry level mainstream metal, I guess. Metallica, just you know, stuff like that. And then my my what I call my gateway drug was probably Slipknot, you know, when I was in like middle school. You know, my first concert was Ozfest ninety nine. I didn't know what the hell was going on when they were on stage and I didn't care because I was like a little punk ass kid, elitist, like idiot. So I was like, I don't know what that is. I just want to see Black Sabbath. (laughs) But then I saw Slipknot again at Tattoo the Earth a year after. And um, I got my mom got me the cassette. And on the cassette, I could I could make it out now. I could hear and understand what was going on because live when you see nine guys jumping around and, and you can't make anything out there's a DJ and a sampler and like, you're like, what <laughs> is this? And why are there nine people? What? And you just couldn't, you couldn't make it out. It wasn't audible. You couldn't hear all the intricacies of what the hell was going on. It was stupid to me, but then I heard it on the cassette and I was like, okay, I get it now. I can hear what's going on, and this is weird, and I've never heard anything like it. And then from Slipknot, like that was that's what led me into, you know, discovering death metal and like bands like Morbid Angel and uh, God Dethroned. Um, anything 
any kind of weird, you know, heavy artwork I would see at uh, like Warehouse Music or Sam Goody or whatever oh, yeah. at the time, I would just buy these CDs based on the artwork and just yeah, the artwork that. challenge, artwork challenge, best. and that's how I found a lot of power metal too. Crazy bands like, like Elkner, yeah. The CD has two dragons fighting on it. I'm going to get it. Yep. What does it sound like? I don't know. I'm going to find out, though. <laughs> yeah, Love it. It was, a, it was a good time. Like, the early days, discovering music. I remember the first time I heard Blast Beats. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I, I, I It didn't make sense to me. I was like, why is he hitting everything at once? This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and that That's was great. Angel. It was Gateways to Annihilation. First time I ever heard a blast beat. And I was like, Ooh. I didn't know it was called a blast beat. I was like, what is happening? I was like, Essential. What <laughs> Essential album. That's so the, first, the first time I heard power metal. I didn't know it was called power metal. I used to refer to it with Kyle. We, we used to just call it quest metal. Quest metal. Quest metal. And then yeah. someone along the way, you know, when the internet started to evolve, you know, Blind Guardian or whoever with these bands were coming up as power metal bands. I was like, oh, that's not as fun a, of a name, but oh well. <laughs> um, you you yeah. kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, you, you know, you said you saw like these bands on stage, you know, why is there so many moving pieces? What What's going on there? This is craziness. And then you heard the yeah. cassette or CD, whatever it was at the time. Yeah. Um, do you guys plan on, on doing a lot of performing out? I mean, hypothetically, say this COVID thing isn't going on, like Take that out of the equation, and obviously we hope everyone's healthy and staying safe and all that stuff. But hypothetically, if we weren't dealing with this thing now, would this be something where you guys are playing the Asbury venues, playing the New Jersey venues? I feel like I'm past that point of my life. I'm getting um, vibe from you guys, yeah. I'm happy to do like studio-type projects, but the idea of playing a show at like The Saint or whatever does not excite me at this current moment in my life sure i'm sorry to say i would i mean i would do it one time if it um, if it was atomic werewolf i would do it one time i certainly would not make it uh a thing i think it would be a nice little treat i think it would be a fun night you know for everyone to get together basically just use it as an excuse to for us all to see each other and just hang out and play some music and maybe make like twenty dollars each or something yeah well <laughs> let, me, let me put it let me put it this way if every show could be like the cd release show for fall the cicada at the pony remember that show yeah. if every show could yeah. be like that then yeah definitely but yeah man that was but when you're playing the brighton bar to like 20 people and like the man the it's not that's not cool it doesn't feel yeah. good when that happens yeah when you're past yeah. 30 and you're just you know i mean unless it's a hobby and you're having fun that's cool um i was never the type though for me it's like you, it's all or nothing it was never a hobby for me it was like a you know a lifestyle it was all it's the only thing i ever wanted to do so when it didn't when when i guess johnny b more didn't get as far as i wanted it to you know, I tapped out at 30 years old. I always said when I turn 30, I'm fucking done. There's nothing cool about, you know, a band that didn't quite make it. And that band is, you know, they those guys are 50 years old and they're still fucking doing it. And it's just like, man, unless it's for fun. But if you if if in if in your mind you're still delusional and think something's gonna happen once you're past your prime, that's fucking embarrassing i hate that shit <laughs> yeah i can't say and i never i didn't want to be that so i was like i'm, I'm done going out on a high note like seinfeld but yeah. like like cool. kyle said to do studio projects and stuff anytime i'll do that shit till i'm dead i don't give a fuck that's a lot of mm -hmm. fun you know? mm -hmm. yeah yeah we're, we're... i would do it i would do it once like carmen said just yeah. for the, you know for big mac you know big mac meal or something um, but just more or less to get together and just hang out and shoot yeah. the shit since all I'm, you know, around all the time is two kids, eight and five. So it would be nice to get out around people my own age, you know, to hang out for a couple hours and just chill. It would yeah. be fun. It, it, it would be fun to do it one time. And I think I think if we did it one time, I think people would care enough to see it one time. But then I would not push our luck. I would not push it. 
it would be kind of like a you know it's it's now or never kind of thing shitter shitter get off the pot either come see us or never ever see us (laughs) (laughs) i understand what like you know I, i've seen you know and, and been part of projects where you know the game plan wasn't there you know it's it's very interesting you know and i, I want to throw it to you guys i ask every band i have on the show this question you guys can keep it politically correct uh, i have a feeling you're not going to uh, or you can keep it very very real um you're just kind of thoughts on the scene on our local scene is it oversaturated uh dealing with promoters pay to play all that kind of stuff do you guys have any any thoughts you want to share on that what is it i mean we i can certainly comment on what it was like when we were doing it all the time i don't know what it's like now um right i think that things have changed a lot since you know the mid 2000s when we were like really hitting the bricks and playing a lot of shows and stuff um, we were still back then still the goal was to like get a label right and get a label and get signed get your stuff out there and like you know metal magazines and have all this promotion and stuff and you know but things have really moved online since then uh, I think play it pay to play having to sell tickets is um, it really sucks uh, yeah and I wish promoters wouldn't do it it's it's really, it's really like the promoter's job to get people to come and the band's job to be good and put on a good show. So, yeah, yeah. I did it's, that a few times. I hated it. Pay to play. Um, just we did that. Play. Yeah. Yeah, I I hated it. I hated having to sell tickets for for everything, especially. I remember with Summer's End. Uh, we got fucked over um, big time. We played, uh, we were supposed to open for, uh, what was it, Shadows Fall, Chimera. Um, anyway, there was four, four bands on the tour. Shadows Fall was supposed to be the headliner. And they bitched and bitched and bitched <laughs> and wanted to go on because it was getting late. So we ended up going on after Shadows Fall. Oh, yeah. That's, the, that's the best. No one was there. Everyone left after Shadows Fall, and it was, like, done. But, yeah, it was Chimera, Shadows Fall, um, and two other bands at the time. And I, I forget the whole story because my brain is garbage. But uh, I do remember going on after Shadows Fall, and there was, like, ten people. And two of them were John, the guitar player's mom and dad. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That, that's what I don't miss about shows. But I've heard a lot of stories like that, very similar stories uh, to that as well. Carmen, uh, thoughts? It's weird for me because I can see it from both sides. I get yeah. it. Like I spent only, well, in particular, when when a touring band is coming through, right, and they have a guarantee, and then it's for some reason it's the five, four or five local bands. It's their job to sell tickets so that the touring band can like have their guarantee for some strange reason. It's like, I understand it. I, 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 I don't like it. Um, and my philosophy was, you know, I had no pride whatsoever. Whenever I was booking stuff, whether it was like, you know, a tour or just a local show, I never gave a shit. It was just my goal to get the name out there, period, end of story. I, you know, trying to be morbid as far as bookings go. Hey, you want to play Starland Ballroom? Yeah. What do I have to do? You have to sell 200 tickets. Okay. Hey, do you want to play Stone Pony? Yeah. What do I have to do? (laughs) You have to sell 200 tickets. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i remember that i remember even in birth to ashes we would like buy out some of the tickets to meet well, the we, we, promoters yeah. goal when we were when we were stupid kids but in yeah johnny we were morbid, in johnny be morbid we had already gotten our feet wet we already knew what we were doing and we were still young but we had been already doing it for a few years so we never bought our own anything and johnny be morbid that's for sure but but we did it all, and, and and we hustled, man. I mean, those gigs we got, you know, we we didn't get them easy, and and we always earned our keep for sure. Um, you know, it, it, it's weird. 
the pay to play thing. A lot of other, it's easy to say, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, okay, fuck that. And then what? Play at the fucking meat locker in a basement with no ventilation? Go fuck yourself. Like, whatever. Okay, cool. Right. You, can be pri- you can be prideful and sweat to death in front of 10 people. Have a good time. And we've played the meat locker. We played everywhere, dude. Everywhere. We did I it all. Connections. Connections. <laughs> I hated that fucking place. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I don't know. To me, it was just like do it all. Play What's your least favorite New Jersey local venue to play? Oh boy! Oh man! <laughs> A lot of people listen to the show. Just so you guys know. Well, but, I'll, I'll go first because uh, mine mine doesn't exist anymore. So okay, it was the the Bloomfield Ave Cafe. I remember that place. That was the hottest I've ever been in my entire life. Was that show with the? Uh, it was with the Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza yeah. with Concubine. It's awesome. <laughs> Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza was like a weirdo noise band um, that had a little bit of notoriety for a while just because of the name. Pretty much, they were cool dudes, but um, that, that that name is amazing. <laughs> it's a good name. Um, so I'll, I'll just put it this way before we wrap up guys. And, and again, yeah. thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, you guys said, you know, you don't see yourselves really doing like going out there and performing and all that. We talked about goals a little bit. What, what does the future hold for this project? Is it just more music videos? Is it more, you know, you said you're kind of sticking in more of the digital realm. What's, what's in store? Oh, uh, I would, you know, again. you know, what? Not, like studio yeah, go wise. Ahead, Kyle. I just had this thought. So <clears throat> the way video games are structured now is you have the main release and then you have some DLC that comes. I like maybe, it. Maybe there can be some Atomic Werewolf DLC, like <laughs> one song that comes out in two months and then like another song that comes out three months later. Ooh, the, uh, <laughs> the self-titled expansion pack. Expansion pack. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, That's perfect. The in, right, the instrumental version of the album, and then the oh yeah, the, the, then there's a version of the album with just Kyle on vocals, a version <laughs> of the album with just Josh on vocals. It's, it's the first two <laughs> songs, but backwards. We do like MIDI versions. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll release it with like alternate uh, artwork. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That was no, actually a but, great answer. Go ahead. On a, on a, I guess on a serious note, I would do it again. I, I would do, I would play, I would play it live one time, and I would do, I would do another album if it were only digital, because then there's very little to no overhead. All you have to do is honestly, we probably only really have to pay for drum tracking, and one of us could mix it somehow, somewhere. I mean, my brother has all that stuff. I mean, honestly. We could do it again, and we would just have to pay for artwork and and like drum tracking. That'd be it. Yeah, I mean, I very much enjoyed the uh, studio experience that we had with Len. He did a great job. It was just oh yeah, we were we were just not organized enough in the last like yeah. year and a half. That was like the real the real hangup. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Long story short, I guess we would do it again. I don't. Listen, I, I, I really highly doubt it would be the same exact lineup again. I don't think we could we could uh, rope in every single person who contributed the first time around, but it could just be one of those revolving door kind of projects where it just all falls under the umbrella of Atomic Werewolf, and it's like whoever wants to do it is, you know? Yeah. You know, just like re- revamp the lineup, Submit a song. Yeah, right. Take take submissions. Yeah, that's cool. You got a song, you don't have a band, Atomic Werewolf. Yeah, there it is. Good. I'll keep that in mind, guys. That's awesome. That's really cool. I like this. This is something different, you know, Uh, and also sort of fresh in a way. I like this kind of all star thing you guys got going here. Uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best of success moving forward, especially in this crazy business. Uh, Let's get a little shameless promo out of the way. Where can everyone follow you guys on Bandcamp, social media, YouTube, all that good stuff? Facebook.com slash Atomic Werewolf. And 
the album is it's everywhere. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music, Google Play, Pandora. What am I missing? Yeah, it's on Bandcamp. Um, it's everywhere. YouTube, the, like the album itself is on YouTube. It's it's everywhere it can be. Uh, Deezer. <laughs> Whatever what? that is. Yeah, what the hell is that? Deezer. <laughs> Did you make that up? It sounds made up. No, it's a real thing. It's on iHeartRadio. Okay, that I've heard of. Yeah, I guess it's it's pretty much everywhere and anywhere. And if you want a physical copy, you'd have to probably go to the Bandcamp and, and pay way more than it's worth because we just didn't get a lot made at all. There's only 200 CDs and 100 vinyl. That's it. That's all. Because yeah. we, we wanted to minimize what turned into be a headache, I guess. You didn't want to have a garage full of CDs. Yeah, that too. Sorry. Like I have I giant morbid CDs that have been laying around for like 13 years. Oh, yeah, man. Every band yeah. I've ever been in, man. I know that story, bro. But guys, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for a few minutes. Uh, continue success moving forward. And just stay safe and stay healthy, guys. Thank you so much for a few minutes. Thanks, Thanks Rob. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate nice meeting you. Man. Have a good one. Peace.